Welcome back to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. And for today's issue in Shir, we're going to discuss Tashlich and whether or not it's appropriate to throw bread into the water when you are doing Tashlich. So this particular issue is a fascinating one because there seems to be a widespread minhag which is taught in schools till today. And yet, if you look at some of the sources, it's not so pushit that it's okay. In fact, the minhug might be quite controversial one. So we're going to see what we can do in terms of understanding Tashlich in general, the controversial aspect of the minhug of Tashlich, of at least how some people observe it, or I should say many people observe it. And we'll see if we can try to get a better better understanding of the most appropriate way to do Tashlech. And specifically, again, we're going to address the issue of what's wrong with feeding the fish. So that's something we'll have to discuss. But another thing I want to discuss in terms of Tashlech is the forgotten part of Tashlech. And that is, if you look at the text of Tashlech, besides for what the symbolism of Tashlech is, which hopefully anybody doing Tashlech has at least that elementary understanding, because that is also taught in schools, that you're throwing your sins into the water. So we should try to understand why exactly we're throwing our sins into the water of all places. What does that represent? But also what we say when we're doing Tashlech. The Machzer for Rosh Hashanah is packed with beautiful and important um we can call it text, but I would say beyond that, beautiful tefillos that we should have a fair understanding of when we are doing Tashlich. And so Bez Hashem will get to all of that. First, let's focus on that minhag. So, again, the minhag that we are, we're taught is that you go to a, a body of water, preferably that has fish in it, and you're supposed to go through the motions of throwing your sins into the water. Now, the issue is with the widespread minhag. And I say widespread because I learned this as a kid, and I know that it's still being taught, and that I know as well that many people have not even heard of what the halacha actually has to say about the minhag, but people do it anyway. And that is to throw the food into the water at the fish or to feed the fish and make that your practice of, of Tashlich. So the Nite Gavriel brings down, and he's um, you know, a classical posik, Lo pas o They should not bring with them food or, or, or um, bread or food, um, lizrok, um, ledogim, to throw it to the fish, to usr because it's usr to... To put uh, to put sustenance to put nourishment in front of them to in mizonos sam alacha because their mizonos is not upon you meaning it's not your job now this is not um, to tell us that there's anything wrong with feeding fish in general but when you go there and do it on yom tov so the note over here brings down that this is a beferish alacha the shulchan aruch simin tuft santi zayin that is four ninety seven and also. He brings down, I believe it's the Mata Aron, Simen Tuf Kuf Tzadiches Sifhei. So that would be in 598, Clause 
five. But anyway, they bring down there that the the, the pashat halacha is that when it um, when it comes to feeding animals on Yom Tov, you can't feed animals that aren't your own, animals that are not relying specifically on you. So it just just brought down pashat in the halacha. And based on this, um, the the Ma'achas Hashakel says that we should be mevatel this minhag. Um, I can look at his lashon again. I think he calls it a minhag garua, which means it's a really awful minhag, says the Ma'achas Hashakel. Now, there are two things that I'm taking away from this Ma'achas Hashakel, and that is number one, that that. This seems like a very controversial thing. You shouldn't do it. It seems to be against halacha. It would be a, um, it would be some kind of a Shabbos violation. Maybe at least a derabanan, or um, or only derabanan at most. Because what's the problem with feeding animals that aren't your own? So that is um, usher from uh, for, uh, based on a gzera atut sud that we're afraid you're going to trap the animal. So. Um, so the thing number one that I take from the Machtas Hashakel, who says we should be mevatel the minhag, is that this is not something that's mutter to do. But the other thing I take away from the Machtas Hashakel is that apparently there existed such a minhag. Right? It's not just you know silly people today doing it, but it was apparently many people back then. Right? Or uh, I don't know if you should call them silly people or ignorant people or people who are just doing what the minhag avoseichem. Minhag avasehem biadehem would be the minhag that they that they that they learned growing up, and again, it's still taught in schools today, and we can question whether it should be. Lamaisa it is, but it seems to be that maybe for some time people were doing this, and maybe we can make an argument for why such a thing would be okay, but. Coming back to the halacha as it's brought down, seems to be that it's not appropriate. And the the sefer that I was just looking at for this particular source, um, it's um, this. I don't know if this is also the the Nitzay uh, Gabriel. I think it's a different sefer. Right now, I'm just looking at a screenshotted image of the sefer. But be that as it may, um, the Kuntras Acharon in this sefer on the bottom. It brings down a possible fa- a possible basis for the minhag in the first place, and he cites the Azar Eliyahu, who described a minhag of feeding the cattle and the horses. Now, presumably, the, the, these cattle and horses were animals that were reliant upon you; they, they were your animals, and this was done for Racham Eshemayim. That apparently, when you feed animals, I mean, you are helping the vulnerable. So that is something that's able to to create a means for Racham Eshemayim, for Hashem, to help us in our vulnerable state. Now, there are apparently other authorities who quote a, a different reason for prohibiting putting bread into the river on Yom Tov, and that is because even though carrying is permitted on Yom Tov, so that's only for items that fulfill some kind of Yom Tov need. And maybe you could argue that this minog is the Yom Tov need, but if the point is to feed fish, so the fish in the sea are certainly not dependent on us for nourishment, so then carrying them in a public domain to feed them, that would desecrate Yom Tov. So that's actually the Mantev farm that we quoted earlier. Now, what exactly are you supposed to be doing then? Right, so there are different ways of doing this in a way that you don't have to, you know, you, you don't have to bring a piece of bread with you and throw it into the water. Right. Um, so, I remember at one point in, um, in my life that we we took moldy bread, 
but what would be the point of that? Apparently, you don't even have to do that. Now, you know, in Yiddishkeit, we do believe in symbolic actions, which is why we do things. And so I wouldn't say it's a complete maisehedyo to throw something into the water. We do, you know, when we eat an apple dipped in honey, that itself is not a way of, of assuring necessarily that everything is going to be the way we want it to be. Maybe there's a segula, maybe we can attach certain significance to the segula, a topic that we've spoken about in the past. But the main idea is that it's a matter of channeling our intentions, our kabanos, and, 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 and using action as, as a form of a tefillah of what we want to be. And when we do tashlich, that would be the same thing. So I wouldn't just call the minhag a complete maisehed yod. I would just say it's an ignorant lack of concern for what the strict letter of the halacha is. So um, be, be that as it may, what is the significance of throwing, um, throwing uh, things or throwing something into the water? So when we talk about tashlich, tashlich, the word tashlich, which means to cast away, is based on that pasuk in Micha, which talks about literally throwing our verse into the water. Tashlich b'mitzulos yam, you're throwing it into the depths of the water to a place, to, to a makom that they won't be found, right? Imagine a mushal, um, doesn't even have to be a mushal, you can imagine in real life, you drop something off a boat, that's usually something that you're not going to get back. You throw something into the water, right? We have an Indian of throwing something into the Yam HaMelach, right? Or something like that. If you, if you uh, um, were able to, let's say you sold a Vodazara and you got money from it. Now, a Vodazara is Asr Bihana. You can't do anything with that money. So the only thing you can do is throw it into the Yam HaMelach. you got to throw it into the sea. Why? Because that, that, that's a symbol of, it's, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm, not, I'm no longer going to have access to it anymore. It's going to be gone. I will by no means achieve any hana from it. When we throw away our averos, in a sense, it's like we are saying that we sinned Veloshavalanu and it was not worth it to us. We want to throw away all, all our averos so that they mean nothing to us, so that they have no significance to us, that they, that they are not um, beneficial to us, that we are deriving no hana from them. It's just gone. It's out, it's out of this world. And that, that's the idea. Now, what can you do? So... The Lakute Maharriach um, and um, brings down the and the Kafachaim. These are all quoted in the Mate Aran that they say that when you recite the word Tash, like when you're saying the Tefillah, so one should apparently empty out the dirt that one finds in the hems of his garments into the water, and that is the the sign of casting away our arrows. And and the, the goal here is then to accept doing Teshuva wholeheartedly. Apparently, some sources quote in the name of the Ariza that one should shake out the dust on the tzitzis specifically. It's also quoted in the Lakute Mariach. This is cited by Piskei Shuvos in Tuf Kuf Pei Gimel in footnote nine or footnote fifty. So, apparently, the idea is you can still go through the symbolic action without violating any halacha. Now, maybe we can make the argument. And maybe uh, some some limud schos for the original original minhag might be um, the idea of the fact that tashlich does not have to be done on Rosh Hashanah. Ideally, it's done that way, but it could be maybe very possibly the minhag of throwing things into the water started when people were engaging in tashlich when it wasn't yom tov. Right, you're able to do Tashlich um, during the Aser Smeit Shuvah. You could do it up until Hashanah Rabbah. Maybe people were throwing things into the water that way when it wasn't Yom Tov. 
and maybe that can be the basis for such a minhag. But then I guess you have to address the issue of Baal Do we call such a thing Baal Now, this shear is not particularly on Baal but maybe that's something to consider. Um, I think um, when it came, as far as Baal goes, I think I remember when I was um, in elementary school or middle school age, I think um, that was when I first heard that the minhag was not a good minhag. Um, even though, again, I, I mentioned earlier that it's taught in schools to do to throw things into the water. Um, in my own school, I did eventually learn that you shouldn't, and I think Baltashkas came up in the discussion. I think that's where I think that's when I suggested throwing in moldy bread, because it wouldn't be Baltashkas. Uh, but um, I guess you would have to learn up the sugi of Baltashkas to address that issue as it pertains to Tashlich, and maybe we wouldn't call it. That, but, um, but but for that reason, uh, my brothers and I had this joke. We would say that it's uh, you know it's it's not uh, tashlich, but it's tashchis by throwing bread into the water. Um, but uh, that is a separate issue. But what I want to now focus on is that symbolism of tashlich. Because what are we supposed to have in mind? So we spoke a little bit about having teshuva and channeling the significance of the symbolic act. When you're doing something, you're thinking about what in real life you want to happen. We, we find many times in Navi that Hashem would command the Navi to engage in symbolic action to represent, um, uh, to represent the reality. But, um, but, there, but it's more than just the symbolism, right? There's the tefillah. You might argue that the tefillah is the heart of what you're trying to accomplish. And if that is the case, so then what is the, what is the action of Tashlich, right, the symbolic action of Tashlich, what is that accompanying? And that, we would tell you, is accompanying the text of Tashlich, which is perhaps the heart of Tashlich. It's the part you're supposed to have the kavana for. So what does that look like? What, what in fact is that? So with that, I direct you to, at least in the Art Scroll, Machser, page 630, is where Tashlich begins. We have the Pesukim from Micha, Mikael Kamocha, Nosei Avam, Vavaral Pesha. A lot of these phrases correspond to the Yergil Midas Arachmim, and the Art Scroll breaks down how each one does, what each one means, what each phrase means. We have the phrase that I mentioned earlier, Vesashlich Bim Siam Kol Chatosam, literally based on a Pesach that we throw the Chataos into the sea. And you can look at the background that Art Scroll provides to explain the significance of going to the water. Various explanations are given. And again, we, we, we quote various psukim, some from Micha, some from Tehillim, and we have Ninamitsa, Karasika. Fine. Now, there's a lot of Tehillim that's recited in this uh, in, in Tashlich. And if you look, Tashlich is, is such a well-rounded um, time, or I should say it's a well-rounded tefillah, and it's, it should be a very meaningful time. Right? Tashlich should not be a social scene, um, which it often becomes, unfortunately. But besides for the many Tehillim that we say, for example, Tehillim Lamagim, Lamad Gimel, Ranin Utsadikim Ba'ashem, Laishem Ravasihila, we have the Tehillim of Ladovin Mizmar Lahashem Haratum Loa, with the Shir Shalyom for Sunday, which um, um, is... Um, said on, during Yom Noraim, this uh, Tehillim focuses on Hashem's mastery over the world. It focuses on what it means to go up on the mountain of Hashem, that what, what, what's our goal, that we want to be pure. We want, to have, we want to be pure-hearted. We want to be pure of action. These are all the things that we're going for. But uh, there's a Tehillim for Parnassah here as well. Right? Ladovin Mizmar L'Hashem Haritzum Loa is an intro 
to a tefillah of our Parnassah, there's a Yehi Ratzon, which talks about asking for Rachamim, and asking, uh, ultimately, for Parnassah, uh, as, as, as the, you know, as the um, tefillah continues on page 636, right, we acknowledge that the entire world is Hashem, and that is the intro to us asking for Parnassah. So why would we do that? Right? It's an awkward thing to do, to throw bread into the water while we're asking for Parnassah. But the, the idea of, of, of asking for Parnassah at this time, I think, is that Tashlech, again, is not just a symbolic action, but when you go by yourself to a river, right, which, is, you know, which can be a calm and soothing place, and it's a place of, of spiritual transformation. It's a place where you get to think and meditate. And when you're doing that, this is when you can talk to Hashem in a way that you probably couldn't even do when you're talking to Hashem in shul. And you have this opportunity on Rosh Hashanah for Tashlech to make these most intimate supplications and even the most mundane supplications. So after the Parnassah piece on page 636, we have Tchinos where we're asking Hashem, the one who is uh, filled with Rachamim, we're embarrassed of what we've done. Right? It's, it's such a powerful and intimate vidui that you do through Tashlech. You, know, you think it's uh, almost like a Yom Kippur kind of uh, an activity. Um, but it talks about how you know, we, uh, we know Hashem knows everything. We really want to do Hashem's will. It's our goal to do His will. But because of our own weakness, we're not able to. And, but, but ultimately, what we want is to be able to do Hashem's Ratzon. And therefore we ask Hashem, which means uh, that He's the most exalted God, crowned with 13 tiaras of mercy. So what in the world is that a reference to? So this is uh, one of those places where if you're looking, you should definitely try to understand from Art Scroll how Art Scroll understands it. I don't see Art Scroll actually elaborating on these 13 crowns, but I, I presume it's referring to the Yud Gimel Midas which in fact it is, because it says, Right, so um, you have the we have the pasuk of Mikel Kamocha from Micha. I wonder if we do that because you're not supposed to do the Yirgim um by yourself without a minion. Maybe uh, maybe that's maybe that's part of why we do a Mikel Kamocha. And then the 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 tefillah continues. It's a beautiful tefillah, and I think it says here. So these were all added by the Chida. So you know, whatever you, whatever you might enjoy and love about these tefillahs, we're asking Hashem for. Um, maybe we see in this on page six thirty eight references to a lot of the things that we ask for in Birchas Hachodesh, like a Chaim shall Chaim Aruchim, Chaim shall Shalom, Chaim shall Tova, Chaim shall Bracha, Chaim shall Parnas Tova, Chaim shall Filat Tzamos, Chaim Shish B'Miras Sachet, Chaim Shish B'Mushal Chlima, Chaim shall Shavuot, Chaim shall Tabanu Avos Tavir Shemayim. Right. So everything that you've heard in Baal Tefillah workshop in the past that we've done, so we have a lot of that here. But then after that, um, it talks about different Mamori Chazal, like Habali, Tahir, Messiah, and so, um, that if we um, want to be Tahor, Hashem is going to help us. And also the, the beautiful Midrash from the Shir Hashirim Rabbah, which many quote at this time of year, Peschuli Pesach, Kichudosh al just open a little Pesach, like the eye of a needle, and then I'm going to open for you a, a, an entranceway that is as wide as the entrance of, it, of a banquet hall. So, 
Um, there we so we, we we have a lot of that, and again, just a really intimate vidui. And we talk about we we we, we invoke the names of of the shivaroim, or we have Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, um, Aaron, Yosef, David. Um, and so on and so forth. Really, it ends there. So there really is no on and so forth. But we talk about various various that we're trying to step away from. Very similar to Tzvila Zaka, actually. Um, we talk about we want to we want to move away from Leit Sanos, from Sheker, from Chanufa, flattery, Lashon Hara, Dibor Shalchol B'Shabbos. Look at that, Dibor Shalchol B'Shabbos. Things that are mundane talk, they shouldn't talk on Shabbos. That's in here. V'chol Dibor Aser, any kind of Aser to talk. Right? If you wanna if you wanna just work on yourself. Just look at the vidui in Tashlech, and just look at the list. Like that, 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 that would take us to it would take us very, very far. Um, and continuing on page six forty two, we have a little bit more of the positive of what we want to accomplish in Torah and Avodas Hashem. Gemilas Chasadim. So um, that we find that there. Then, continuing on 642, there's a new paragraph, Anamelech and Rachum, where here we're talking about, um, about Klai Yisrael and Galas. So we're not just making a personal supplication, but we're actually asking for Klai Yisrael all around. We ask for people who are sick, based on Moshe Rabbeinu's Tvila for Miriam. So we, we're seeing different kinds of supplications. It talks about, listen to this, if you know if you know someone who's suffering from infertility, literally the people who are trying to have children and are struggling by those who are in labor and are struggling. Right? So so like any think of any kind of tsara and you'll find it here. Like Tashlech is a time where you can have in mind so many different um, goals in Avodah Hashem, so many different people who can use our help. It's such. It's 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 literally a time for thinking about ourselves and others and everything that's meaningful. Like Tashlich has the potential to be the most transformative and inspiring and meaningful, uh, um, you know, half hour. I would give it a half hour if you can to do Tashlich, but that's that that's literally what's happening here. And then when we go back to the theme of Gullus and how we want to get out of it, on uh, six forty four, where we have Elokinu Lokeosinu. This should be familiar. Melech Racham and Rachem Aleinu Tovu Meitiv Yidari Shlonu Shuvei Aleinu Bamon Rachamecha Beglalavos Shasurit Zonecha Bnei Beis Chalakeva Atchila Bechonim Mikdashecha Al Bechono Harinu Bevinyano Besamachinu Sikuno. We have that whole paragraph, almost the whole paragraph, from the Shlosh Regalim Musaf, because we're asking Hashem, we want to rebuild the base of Mikdash, and. So the, 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 there's there's really so much. We have, and there's another pasuk here from Yeshayahu, which goes back to the theme of water. That we're going to be filled with the das of Hashem, like the way water covers the sea, right? So think about the symbolism of water covering something over. And with that, we then we say right? We were by the water and talking about screaming up to Hashem from the depths, and then apparently. After there's seven times of saying, Forever, Hashem, your word stands upright in heaven. Meaning, it sounds like, you know, even though we don't understand everything, but it makes sense up there. And therefore, it's kind of like a tzidokadin almost. Before we walk away from Tashrich, we give Hashem a tzidokadin, saying that Hashem, you acknowledge that, you know, you know, you know what you're doing. 
And the tefillah ends with this with this beautiful uh, kabbalistic tefillah. Here it's some of Venachash Ade Harasti Kunamatika Kadishin Kadisha Datikin Mizer Shivish Arachichus Rachmanchas Kascha. So we're saying it should be your will that by the means of illuminating perfections of the ancient Holy One, that's Hashem, which are eternal in the microcosm of the infinitude, that your mercy may conquer your anger. We're asking Hashem to treat us. We want to succeed in Torah. Now, I just gave you like what I, what I gave you now was the tip of the iceberg, but you, but like I like I always try to say in Baltzvi the workshop, or really in in or in Master Manager, or any of these workshops that are focused on our kavana. really do yourself that favor, look at the English side, get a feel of what it's saying, because again, you could accomplish so, so much. You could even write yourself a note, and I, I would do this for your Yom 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 Davening too, and especially if you're a Baal where you have your mind in so many different places at once. Write down notes of people that you want to think about, of Klai Yisrael, the sorrows of Klai Yisrael that you want to focus on. Or, or, or larger goals for yourself and for others. Things that you want to work on. All of those should be there. And the more preparation you do and the more time you give to these things, the, the more impactful it can be. And so I think it's what's most important is not um, you know um, whether you'll get the opportunity to throw um, food into the water. You know, any opportunity to keep halakha and do it properly, um, you should definitely take. And, you know, um, for each person, um, whether or not you're going to throw food in the water, that's something that you discussed with your Rav. I just gave you a couple of sources that seem to be cons as opposed to pros for throwing things into the water. But as you see, there's so much richness in Tashlich that it would be like, it would, it would just be tragic to lose sight of all of that, um, you know, behind the question of throwing food into the water. Again, do your best to keep halacha, and when you're engaging in tashlik, what's more important than any physical action is the kavana, what you're thinking. And as we see here from the text of tashlik, especially that which was contributed by the chida, there is so much in tashlik, there's so much depth, if I can use that word right now. Um, and the, the pun wasn't intended, but the um, definitely the intensity and the inspiration very much was. And with that, I think that um, takes care of us, at least for this Real Talk Torah. So in the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Yes, keep the halacha in terms of, of um, guarding Yom Tov properly, but of course, also keep focus. Keep focus on that which is meaningful. And I wish everyone a tova. Thank you for joining us here at the database.